Just a quick announcement, on Saturday, March 3rd, 2018, that is this Saturday, I will be speaking at the Type 1 Nation Summit for the New Jersey, Metro, Rockland County, JDRF chapter. Going to be giving a presentation called Bold with Insulin, but, you know, presentation. I'm going to bring a couple of slides, and then I'm going to talk a lot like I do on the podcast. Come on out. There's a link in your show notes where you can get your free ticket. Uh, it looks like it's going to be at the Double Tree uh, by Hilton in Somerset. The event goes from 8.30 till 2 p.m. Again, that's this Saturday, March 3rd. I will be there all day, though I don't think I speak until after lunch. I think around 1 o'clock. I don't want to say they're saving the best for last, but that's probably what's happening. So come on out. It's going to be like watching the podcast live. I'll be there all day. I think I have a table somewhere in the morning where you can come say hi and I can answer questions or we can just, you know, shake hands or talk about the Black Panther movie or whatever. And then you can hang out after lunch and hear my... uh my chit chat. I hope to see you. Again, link in the show notes. It is completely free. All right, let's talk about the podcast now. Welcome to episode 152 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod. Omnipod, of course, a tubeless insulin pump, the one that I've chosen for my daughter, and Dexcom, makers of the G5 continuous glucose monitor. You can find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And there'll be some ads in the middle. Don't skip them. I work hard at those things. Today's episode, Kevin Conroy. Kevin is the father of a child with type 1 diabetes. He's another person who answered the call when I said I want to talk to people who do multiple daily injections and are having success. Kevin absolutely is. He was fantastic on the podcast. He's got a lovely voice, much nicer than mine. And he's thoughtful and smart. So, you know, bonus. 150,000% absolutely nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin. I feel like I've said that one too many times. Okay. I'm still getting over my head cold. I'm a little loopy. I think you can tell. Again, I was not loopy or sick when I recorded the episode, so don't worry about that. My name is Kevin Conroy. I'm the parent of uh, Tyler. He's a type 1 diabetic. He's uh, six and a half years old now. I was diagnosed when he was two and a half, so we've been living with it for about four years. Um, have some history of in my family. My brother uh, was diagnosed when he was 19 or 20. I forget when exactly, but um, it was about 10 years ago now. And so we have uh, seen it firsthand, uh, both on the, the older side as well as uh, definitely the younger side. How old were you when your brother was diagnosed? Um, gosh, that would have been like 23, 24. Okay, so you were a little older than he was. Yeah. Interesting. Is there any other... Now, besides your, your child, is there any other instance of type 1 through your family line? My cousin on my dad's side has it as well. Okay. So you guys yeah. are, you're steeped in it then pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yes and no, because when my brother was diagnosed, I mean, everybody, you know, came to the hospital and then they, you know, my mom was like, oh, this is really serious. This is really serious. But I think none of us really internalized just how serious it was except for my brother, because, you know, him being, you know, like 20 years old and in college at the time, a sophomore, I think, um, you know, he was really the one responsible for his care. Uh, and so none of us really 
thought it was um, as big of a deal as, as I know it is now, um, because he, he really took on all of the, the management of it. And so none of us saw the, you know, went through that same learning curve of counting carbs and dosing insulin and everything like that. Because, you know, after he was released from the hospital, he was, he was right back at college. And so it was, yeah, you know, it, it occurs to me. I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, but. No, but it, uh, but it is a little bit. You know, if, if you're with a group of friends walking down the street and one of you yeah. finds a $100 bill on the ground, the excitement of that is for everybody. And then he, <laughs> and then he leaves and takes the 100 with him and you don't right. you don't think about it again. You don't, you know, right. you don't get to spend it. And, and you know, in an odd way, your brother's given this this disease and everybody's there going, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Sorry, this sa- sounds right. sad and blah, blah. And then he goes back to school. And, exactly. it, you know, and it's not like you sat, I'm assuming you didn't w- spend every day just thinking about him and this diabetes that he was going through because it probably when you saw him, he was okay. You yeah. know, when you, when you converse with him, he was okay. And you don't think about all the details of it. And, and now you have a child that has type one and now the details are with you all the time. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Every three minutes or so, like background process and my head kicks off. What's his number? How's he doing? What's on board? What do I need to do? Do I need to do anything? No. Okay, great. Let's go on to the next three minutes. <laughs> I used to joke that uh, when my daughter was doing shots, that I could, if you asked me, please tell me an hour from now. Yeah, I would get it within a couple of seconds. I just, I could, I, I felt like I could reset yeah. this clock in my head over and over again. Like we should test exactly. it an hour. You, you know that that sort of thing. So what kind of? Um, so you're doing you're doing MDI. Is that right? Yeah, multiple daily injection, okay. uh, which I spell out just in case any, any of the listeners haven't heard what that acronym stands for. It took me a while to figure it out initially. Um, yeah, so we're doing we're doing MDI with my son. I've um, been doing it for the uh, past four years now, uh, or almost coming up on four years, I should say. His diversary is in September. Um, and, you know, as a longtime listener of this podcast, I think a lot of the advice that you've given in terms of, you know, being aggressive with diabetes, not being afraid of diabetes, having a healthy respect, of course, for it, right? But, but being aggressive in terms of um, how you're handling highs and not being as afraid of lows, but respecting lows, has really helped us um, get better control um, in the last year or so. And I, you know, you've had so many great guests on the program uh, that are all focused on the pump. And I've got nothing against the pump. But for us right now, for our family, MDI has been the right choice. And I'm hoping at some point my son will transition to a pump. But, you know, for anybody else out there who's doing MDI or is only able to do MDI because, you know, insurance is such a real and present concern with this disease on top of everything else. You know, maybe all you can afford, uh, or all the all the equipment you have access to, for whatever reason. Sure. And I think that there's a lot that you can do with MDI to still get great results. Maybe not quite as good as you could get with a pump, just because of the dynamics of of insulin, and you know, having you know, just getting it in a shot. Even if you've got, even if you do ten shots a day, it's not the same as the constant drip as a pump. But I think you can still get really great results with MDI, and um, I. I felt it was important to, you know, just make sure that's a part of the conversation too, um, because I think you've had you had so many rich conversations on the program, and I think it's it's so great to, that you are taking such efforts to paint such a a rich picture of the whole type one spectrum. Well, I appreciate that, but and I like I told you before, I, I'm trying so hard to add something in this space, but it's not where my, you know, if you listen to me tell my story when we were MDI, I wasn't doing very yeah. well, and so I have no 
genuine expertise whatsoever. But I do think that our conversation, you know, and I've reached out to other people before. I think you might be the third person. One of them hasn't, <laughs> one of them hasn't um, aired yet, but you know, it's like, Hey, I'll come in and talk about MD. And I'm like, great. I'm like, how are you doing with it? I'm like, well, not so good. I was like, well, that's not going to be helpful, <laughs> but okay. I mean, I'm like, okay, that'll still be a good conversation. It just won't get to this right. thing. Oh, here comes Arden with her lunch. Excuse me. All one right. No worries. Take time. Um, this is a tough day because she was at, uh, she was a gym. And so I can only see her CGM from about mm. 25 minutes ago. And so I don't 100% know where she's at right now. And I'm going to ask her if she can see the number or if she's been a, a, a far away from it enough that it, she doesn't have it yet. And it might pop up while we're talking. But no matter what, she's going to say, Dad, I feel fine. Let's bowl us. I guarantee right. you that's what the see. This is the text that's about to come back to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm in a blind spot too right now at the CGM because he's out of cell phone range right now. So. <laughs> And and how long have you been with the? Because I know you've been doing the shots the whole time. But how long have you been doing yep. the, this? And is it a Dexcom or which one are you using? Yeah, it's a Dexcom. We're in the G four. Um, we've been doing that for the last year. Okay. No, I feel fine though. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to give her the bullets. I think is right. Um, so what what I have here is. The last time I saw her, mm -hmm. blood sugar, which I say is about 20 minutes ago. I think she's about 90. And she's going to eat in about, 15, about 10 minutes at this point now. So I gave her an extended bolus, but I didn't give her any of it now. So it's an, mm. an eight-unit bolus, and it's all just going to start going in now. So she'll have probably four units of it by the time she starts eating. And you know, by the time she really digs in and eats the rest of it, she'll be going. And there you go. Hopefully that'll work out okay. Um her her school has been a cell phone Bermuda Triangle the last week or so. So, okay, that's always frustrating. Make sure that she had it. She does, and no, we're not. Okay, so you're using Dexcom, and yep. you're using MDI. You're mm -hmm. hoping, isn't it funny? Like, you're hoping for a pump, but at the same time, you're very happy with MDI. So. Yeah. Um, I, I really do want to, if you don't mind having a more nuts and bolts conversation with, yeah, with your episode, um, let's sort of like, let me ask you a couple of questions, answer whatever you're comfortable with, and then I'm going to try to walk you through a day. So okay. are you comfortable telling me like what your kind of average A1C is? It, is it stable or does it bounce around a lot or what do you see usually? Yeah. So the last year, for the last year, um, since we've been on Dexcom, his A1Cs have been 6.9, 6.4, 6.8. And I'm, uh, based on all the Dexcom data, uh, projecting a 6.7, 6.8, um, coming up for our next, uh, endo appointment, which is Wednesday. So you do have a ton of stability then that's yeah. yeah Cause that's almost a full year of, of staying right in the same space before the Dexcom. Do you have any idea what you were doing? Yeah, I, so I plotted it all out, uh, thinking you'd probably ask. Uh, when he was diagnosed four years ago, he had a, had a 9.4. And, um, you know, silly us at the time, they said, okay, well, you know, they taught us the rule of 15, right? You know, so 15 carbs and, you know, uh, give him a unit, basically. And because um, he's a real little guy, so he didn't need much insulin and still doesn't need a lot, um, you know, compared to an eight-unit dose is like a huge meal for us, not a lunch. <laughs> um yeah, and he he jumped up to eleven point three um, at the for his uh, first check in after uh, diagnosis because we uh, you know foolishly or naively I should say not foolishly naively went to the store and we're like great well let's just buy all these snack packs that say fifteen grams of carbs on them so we loaded up on goldfish and raisins 
and uh, grapes and all these other things that now we realize, oh gosh, why were we giving him all the things that are going to spike his blood sugar? But we didn't know. (laughs) We didn't know. We were brand new, you know, and we didn't understand the effects that fast acting carbs have on blood sugar. Um, and so, you know, we ended up getting all of these, um, blood sugars in the three and four hundreds constantly right after diagnosis and his endo at the time who we, we switched, um, pretty quickly away from just kept saying, Oh, just, you know, just wait six months, just wait six months. We'll get them on the pump. And we thought of this pump as this magical device that we just needed to get to. And we didn't really, you know, she was like, Oh, don't worry about MDI. You know, you don't really need to understand it. We're just going to get you on the pump. Um, and, and that didn't really make sense to us because we were really not happy with him being in the 400s as much as he was. Um, and so we did a lot of reading. And unfortunately, the, the um, hospital and the doctor that we got right at diagnosis didn't really give us very good diabetes education. Um, or maybe they did on that first day. And, you know, like many parents were sitting in the room and a diabetes educator comes in and just like, turns on a fire hose of information for 45 minutes while you're like still catching your breath from your child nearly going DKA, you know, um, it's hard to process and remember it all. Um, so it, it took us some time, but we, uh, ended up switching, um, to a fabulous endo, uh, at children's hospital here in DC. Um, and she, you know, took a look at our numbers and was like, okay, well, we need to, we need to switch everything around here and you need to get MDI under control before we put you on a pump because, um, you know, you need to understand the dynamics of man-made insulin and how carbohydrates are working and how to, you know, all those complex interactions that happen because once you have the pump, it's, a, it's just a tool, right? You still have to operate it. You need to understand um, all of the variables that you're manipulating. And if you're doing that with MDI first and you get a good handle on that is her theory that, um, you know, that you'll be better suited to, you know, be able to handle the pump and make sure that if something goes wrong with the pump, um, you know, if you've got a bad injection site or a bent tube, if you have one that has a tube, then, um, you know, you need to know how to handle that. Um, and of course, uh, I'll just self say anything that I say should not be used as advice, medical or otherwise. <laughs> you know, and so her her medical advice for me and my family alone was that we should, you know, look at MDI first and, and really get that under control. And so we got some nutrition counseling um, and really started to really understand about glycemic index and everything. And so from that, we got his A1C down from 11 to um, nine and, um, and then down to uh, high eights. Um, and so that was, that was, you know, pretty good. Um, but the more that I read about things uh, and then eventually found your podcast, I thought, oh gosh, like there's, there's still so much room for improvement here. Um, and I think the, the Dexcom was really the, um, the game changer for us. And so I think, you know, you know, one of the the issues with MDI, right, is that you've got so little control over um, providing kind of continuous insulin. um, And that if you're just giving, you know, five shots a day, let's say, of insulin, um, you need to figure out your timing really carefully and not having the without the insight that a Dexcom provides, it's really, really hard to make MDI work as well as it can work on its own. Yeah. And then you, you're, sometimes I think they give you those, those intervals, like test again in three hours, because that's your best chance to be back towards where you want to be. And it's funny. They don't, sometimes they don't even want you to, to see what's happening in between 
because I guess you don't have the tools to do anything about it. And so it's almost, sometimes I think it's more of a psychological, um, I don't want to say, I don't mean crutch, but I, I think they're trying to throw you a life preserver a little bit. Like, Hey, don't look then, you know, like, like don't look right. an hour and a half after they've eaten. You, you don't need that stress. Um, <laughs> you, you know, but, yeah. but it, it is, it really is. And I know I've, I've oversimplified it when I talk about it. It's like, it's like, it's advice that won't kill you. But it's, yeah. it's not advice that's going to let you live like a really healthy life. And and the the real problem is is when your blood sugar's high or you know too high, you know the, these these issues that it's going to cause health wise are down the road health issues. So once your body adjusts to your blood sugar being high, you really don't feel like there's anything wrong. And yeah. and you know then it's just then it's just a waiting game until it becomes a real problem that's not it's in a, probably not reversible by that point. So. I like knowing. I, I think I think it's just better to know up front what you're really doing and what you're dealing with. So prior, I, so I heard what you're saying. Prior to Dexcom and everything, you you were slowly coming down with with injections, but your A1C was still sitting in the eights, which you weren't happy about once you realized you shouldn't have been happy about it. And right, exactly. and and um and then you get the Dexcom. What is the first thing that that being able to see the continuous glucose is? Like what did it? What, what's the first thing it made you feel? I, I'm assuming it made you feel horribly inept at first, but then when, <laughs> once you got past that, how did you feel? <laughs> uh, well, I had so not not so much inept, but more just w- eyes wide open. Like, oh my gosh, I had no idea his sugar was spiking so high after mm-hmm. a meal, and then coming right back down. Because if you're only taking, you know, right before the meal time, and then three or four hours after meal time, you're getting two very small points in time. Right. And you're missing the potential. You don't know if in between those two points you have skyrocketed up to 400 and then come crashing down. You don't know if you've been level. You don't know if you've dropped and then, you know, his, come back. You know, yeah. his body was just like, ah, we need to, you know, release some glucagon and, and you know, let him rise up and or glucose rather and, uh, and rise up. And and I think for us, it was, you know, you don't drive a car with your eyes closed. Right. Um, you are constantly making adjustments and making sure you're staying in your lane. And I think, you know, for anybody who's who's got a CGM, if you're viewing that as trying to stay within your lane and stay between the lines, you know, having knowing when you're veering off course is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that data then lets you make better decisions. And so, yeah, I mean, sure, even, you know, we have plenty of days where he, he'll end up you know, in the, in the three hundreds, um, and, you know, every once in a while, a 400, although it's been, it's very rare now, thankfully. Um, but it lets us, you know, see what's happening and then adjust course. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we did right away was, um, get a pebble watch and, um, get one of the night scout, uh, watch faces for it so that I'm able to watch his, uh, numbers remotely. Uh, and for me, I think that is almost as important as the Dexcom itself, because him being, you know, I was five at the time, five-year-old boy, you know, very active, wanting to run around. He doesn't want diabetes to get in his way. Mm. And so me being able to just glance at my wrist to know what his number is, is a game changer for him. So, be, um, so be, because you, I don't want to stop you just for a second to make yeah. sure people understand. So you don't have yeah. the G5, so you don't have the share feature that's built in. So you have the G, you have the G4. So you're using Night Scout to, um, to so you can see things remotely. Is that right? 
so we have we have the G4 Platinum, so it's got the share feature. So it's okay. it's got the um, you know we use the Dexcom app. Uh, he's got a, an old iPhone that stays with him. That it's just an uploader phone, basically. It just has the Dexcom app on it, um, and so it will you know upload everything to the the Dexcom website. And then um, we have a Pebble Watch that will basically connect straight to the Dexcom servers and download that data. So I can see his curves and his current number and his trend line and all that other stuff. And so. Uh, and it was uh, it was uh, John Kostick built uh, the initial watch face for it, and then I've made some updates and modifications to it um, to uh, to work uh, you know more in line with what I'm I'm trying to aim for. Uh, and so that has allowed me to basically you know he as long as he's got his his Dexcom on him you know in a little uh, spy belt fanny pack, uh, and his phone is within Bluetooth range of him you know I can manage his diabetes effectively, and he can just be a regular kid. Uh, which I think is every parent's goal, right? To not let the diabetes get in the way of childhood. Exactly. Uh, I think that's more and that, Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, one of the, the things that we do is, you know, there's really, I, I say there's only like three things as a parent of a, a young type one that you can really manage. Um, you can control the carbs, you can control the insulin, and you can control your attitude. Yeah. And, Right. And and to some degree, you can control their activity. But anyone who's who's had a, you know, a, a three or four or five year old boy, like you really can't control their activity. <laughs> um, you, you can maybe control activity for 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> um, but otherwise, they're going to be up and running. And, um, you know, and so you have to be able to take the tools that you're given and the attitude you know, that you want to bring to the bring to the process to manage it as best you can. And for us, that has been, you know, by having the Dexcom and um, the Pebble watch face that lets us see his blood sugar has really let us do sugar surfing um, with MDI. Um, and I think typically, you know, when uh, so sugar surfing is a book that um, you can read. It's written by uh, I think Dr. Ponder. I want to say his name is. Yeah, I've, uh, I've interviewed Dr. Ponder on the on the, the show. Fabulous. Yeah, a bunch of a while ago, but but. But yeah, he, he wrote this book that just talks about, I have to kind of say, I feel like I have to say it every time, but I got him on the program because people asked for him to be on, but I didn't know who he was. And then he started talking about what he did, and I started talking about what I did, and I was like, wow, we're doing the same thing. You call it something different. <laughs> and, and But but that idea of even you you spoke about it in a different way, too, about staying in your lane. And yep. it's funny, when you said that, it made me think about it. I just taught my son how to drive last year. Oh, and wow. it was one of those ideas that, you know, when I told him initially, I'm like, look, when you, you know, when you're trying to stay in the lane straight, it's not really this giant correction on the wheel. It's, it's a, it's just a very tiniest bump. And he still, in, you know, the first couple of times kind of over, over exaggerated what he's supposed to do. And as I watched, I never really thought about, but he was only turning the wheel of, you know, a quarter of an inch and, and still having this giant overcorrection. And I said, no mm-hmm. less. And he's like, how much less can I turn it? And I was like, well, you can feel it if you really pay attention in your hands, yeah. you, you know, and I think that has so much to do with bumping a, um, a blood sugar around, you know, just it's sometimes it's less than a little bit and, yeah. you know, and how much less, I don't know, you got to feel it, you, you know, like you just have to, you just sort of have to know. Um, and, and that comes with time and experience, just like with the driving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And Kevin, give me one second. I have something making noise in the corner of the room that I can stop. So I'm going to get okay. up and be right back two seconds from now. Sounds good. Oh, come on. You knew I was going to put the ad here. It's about time, and there was a break in the show. It just makes sense. Problem is, I'm 
still a little under the weather. I need some motivation to, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing, and I'm a bad singer, so get ready for this. First, like, let's really feel the music. Dun, 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 dun. It goes boom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, and I'm gonna start talking now. Omnipod is fantastic. It's a tubeless insulin pump. They are going to offer you a free demo. All you have to do is go to my Omnipod forward slash juice box. That's where Omnipod will send you. I had to breathe there. Sorry. They're going to send you out a free, no obligation demo pod. You can try it on and see what you think. Getting, getting, getting. You're going to love it like I'm saying. Then you call them back and say, hey, that Omnipod was pretty cool. Let's move forward and get myself untethered. I want to make small adjustments to my blood sugar without having to inject all the time. That's what I want to do. And then they're going to say, okay, and then that'll sort of be it. And you'll be using an insulin pump. I don't even hear the music. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Nowhere else will someone sing so poorly to you about something so important. Go to the link in your show notes. Try it today. There's no obligation. It's absolutely free. There's no reason for you not to. I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to be happy you did. All right, let's get back to Kevin. And I'll never sing again unless I maybe do it in the next ad because I think I'm on some medication for my head cold. I'm sorry about that, but that, that's much better. And uh, it wasn't basil. I didn't have to gag a dog. Or anything like that. <laughs> um, and so how do you do that with MDI, though? Like, how do you bump? Like, I know what I do. You know, this yeah. morning, this morning, Arden's blood sugar was uh, coming down the stairs from school. For school, it was like 110, and it started to drift up. So I gave her some insulin. It wasn't enough. So a half an hour later, I texted her back. I said, do a little more. It ended mm-hmm. up being too much. She went down to 70. She drank a little bit of juice. She came back up to 90. Like, but how do you do that with injecting and your son also not being with you? What do you, what do you do? Yeah, so it's, it's, defi- it's definitely harder when he's at school um, because the, you know, the doctor's orders are just a dose at mealtime or if he's you know, sky high, uh, you know, over 300, then we can get a correction dose called in. Um, so, you know, primarily this is something that we're doing at home, uh, on nights and weekends and over the summer on breaks, that sort of thing. Um, because there's less, you know, I've, I've just got less control when he's at school. Um, and that's okay for now. Um, so, you know, mostly what we do is we're looking at, um, trying to manipulate the variables that we can manipulate. So pre-bolusing is a huge part of our strategy now, and it never was before. Because typically when they say MDI, they say, you know, especially with young kids, some of the recommendation is to wait, uh, at least in the initial education, wait till after the child is done eating. Because you, know, you don't know what a picky two-year-old is going to finish on their plate. Right. And so if you, you know, are giving a, a dosing for, you know, say 40 carbs or something, they only eat 10 carbs worth of it, you might have a pretty big problem on your hands, uh, you know, an hour and a half from now, especially if you don't have a Dexcom. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're out of abundance of caution, uh, which I don't fault them for. Um, are advising, you know, uh, you know, taking a safe approach and, and kind of, you know, keeping things um, out of high risk zones, but still, I would argue risky zones in the long term. Um, you know, they're, they're getting rid of the acute risk and trading it off for, for long term risk. Uh, so, you know, a lot of what, what we're doing is now saying, okay, well, let's, let's pre-bolus him as much as possible. And then let's also do whatever micro dosing we can do with MDI. So we've got 
Um, we've had two different insulin pens that we use. Um, and we uh, had Novolog and then we ended up switching to Humalog, uh, which is a whole other story. But, uh, you know, we can give half unit dosing on that with the insulin pen. And that, uh, that works pretty well. He's also, uh, he only was, my son only was 50 pounds right now, 51, something like that. Um, and so a lot of his mealtime dosing is, um, you know, only two to five units. And so a half unit can make a, a fairly big difference for him. And of course, I mean, me sharing the dosing is not super helpful because everybody's dosing strategy is, is completely, you know, um, dependent upon, you know, what, what their experience is and their body type and, um, you know, what works for them. So, you know, don't, don't use my dosing as a guide for your dosing. But um, I provide that just to, you know, give context. you, you know, kind of, yeah, the context, right, in terms of what does a half unit mean? Because um, I think, you know, probably for grownups, you hear a half unit and you're like, well, what's that half drop going to do? Nothing. Um, but for somebody with, you know, smaller body mass, a, a half unit can be a lot. Uh, and it can be quite effective to turn a 180 into 100 um, overnight, uh, which can be helpful. And so part of what we did um, is really try and understand what his ratios are in terms of insulin and carb sensitivity. And I think taking the time to really do that uh, thoughtfully over a period of a couple of weeks, and, I, and you have to continually update it as kids are growing, but understanding that giving him a unit of insulin for my son will reduce his blood sugar about 100 points, all other things being equal. And giving him um, one carb will raise his blood sugar about 10 points. So um, understanding that dynamic has let us really take control of things. Now, that can vary from day to day, depending on whether he's got growth hormones or, you know, how active he's been and, and all those other things. So it's, it's just like our starting point for how we're, we're handling stuff. But, um, you know, in the middle of the night, if he is at, you know, 200, you know, a few years ago, it'd been, oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and now it's like uh, 200 is too high. I don't want him sitting at 200 all night. I need to, you know, I want to try and get that down to, you know, a 120 or a, or a 100 if I can, uh, or even an 80, um, if possible. Um, but I've also noticed that, you know, he's, um, his diabetes can tend to swing a bit. And so I like to leave a little bit of padding on it. Um, so I, tr I try not to hang out around 70 uh, or 80, which I know, you know, some, some pumpers have told me they can do quite well. Um, and so a hundred, 110, 120 is a, a little better for us right now. Yeah. Um, in well, terms that makes of sense where your A1C is that that's exactly matches up. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in part, not because, I mean, I'd love it if he could ride at an 80, it's not that I've got anything against that, but I have just found more often than not that, you know, if I, if I try and ride him at 80, he, the floor can fall out from under us, uh, more often than if I let him ride at a hundred. Um, so just searching for that stability, um, so that we can all get a good night's sleep, right. Is, is the goal. So is there really no, is there really no secret to MDI other than you're seeing, you know, because you have the dex time, you can see what's going on, you can make adjustments, mm -hmm. and you're just willing to inject more often? I, I mean, for us, that, that's been it. And, um, you know, I, I should say, you know, that's not been necessarily the doctor's advice, but, um, you know, we kind of went wild west and said, you know, well, let's, let's just try giving him a half unit or a unit outside of mealtime. Because it's, it's not a lot of insulin. It's not like we're crashing him. And with the Dexcom, once we got good enough at the Dexcom, and I should also emphasize, we didn't start this the day we got the Dexcom. 
Well, you know, no. we got. Oh no, the first couple of weeks you just stare at it, going, I have, exactly. "Now I don't know what I'm doing again." Exactly right. right? <laughs> and so it's and it's you need to you need to get good. I think you know the key to all of this is really making sure that you are getting good calibrations on your Dexcom and you're getting really reliable data. I would not do anything that I'm suggesting until you are positive that you know how to work a Dexcom properly. Um, and I think a lot of that is you just need some practice for a couple of months. Right. Um, right. You need to know how to do insertions so that they work. Um, you need to uh, and you're not getting, you know, question marks or failed sensors, uh, you know, immediately, which I think our first three failed on us. And my son was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, Did you yell? I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I mean, we all agree on something. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so we've got that in common. which is Great. Um, you know, and, and it was, you know, turning to the, you know, the diabetes parents community, um, cause there's a couple of great Facebook groups for that as, as well as your podcast has been, you know, really helpful to help us, you know, understand how can we get the most out of Dexcom for our son. And so he was really scared initially, um, you know, of having the, uh, sensor inserted. Um, and I know you can't really see the needle unless you're looking for it. Um, but it's still, you know, he, he still got the idea. Okay, great. I've got another thing that's going to be sticking something into me. Yeah. Um, and he, he was willing to do the first one we, and we did the insertion and, um, you know, for folks who've not done, or even, you know, if you've ever done a Dexcom insertion or even if you haven't, right, that first time you're, you're going a little more slowly cause you're not really sure what you're doing. Um, you know, you're pushing the plunger in and then, and then you're pulling back out. Um, and so that needle stays in a little longer those first few times while you're getting the hang of things and it hurts. Uh, it hurts more. And so, um, it wasn't until we figured out that we could get numbing cream for his skin um, and numb it out, but that really made him a willing participant in the process. I and see. for me, that has been, that makes a world of difference okay. in terms of level of care. And do you move faster now too when you're doing it? Your, oh your, yeah, your hand absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. can. I was just going to say like, it's funny as you were describing it, I felt like you were describing trying to pop a really thick balloon with a dull toothpick because yeah. you're just instead of just like bang like you have to go you have to exactly. depress that plunger and by the way i'm pretty sure that by the time the next iteration of the dexcom comes out the inserter will be automatic um, yeah so um but but to your point you're introducing something to your to your son that's you know he doesn't have an insulin pump so he's not accustomed to having something attached to him so there's that plus right. it's going to stick into him so there's that he, his frame of reference for that is the needles He's young and he's, he's like, I don't want to do this. He, yeah, exactly. You know, and what are you going to explain to him? No, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but dad, I can get all this great data 24 yeah. 7 now. <laughs> yeah. Daddy, daddy, daddy's going to go to sleep one time soon in a right. couple of weeks after this. <laughs> he's going to sleep like three hours in a whole row and uh, it's oh, going to make a big difference. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's no real way to talk them into it. You know, yeah. it's, I'm always, I'm a huge fan, by the way, of uh, bribing. Uh, buying your way in if you have to. I, you know, people all the time like, oh my, you know, we want to try an insulin pump, but my son or daughter doesn't want to. And I said, like, give them money or things. They're children. Just, just ply them with things until it's over. And, yeah. and you know, um, it's a really weird line to walk. And I, I think you did the right thing. You found a way to make it work because I have heard people say, well, we didn't end up doing it because they didn't want to. And you know, in earlier episodes, I would say all the time, like, I just, I have a hard time imagining if the doctor said, hey here's a pill that you have to swallow to be healthy. And my father and me saying, Oh, I don't know. It's too big. And my dad going, Oh, it's too big. He doesn't want it. <laughs> Forget it. You, yeah. you know, like I, I have this image in my head of my laying on a countertop 
just, you know, somebody force feeding me a pill, which never happened to me, but I'm assuming that that's where my dad would have went at some point. And finding the center to that idea, not, not going all 1970s on, on kids, um, right. you know, like there's a moment where you have to make a better decision. Like you're the, you, you know what this is going to do and you have to find a way to artfully get to where you are now. And the numbing cream sounds like it was a big deal for you. We've never yeah. used it, but I know a lot of people do with a lot of success. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I don't know, thankfully or not, but you know, in the last month or so he said, Hey dad, let's, uh, on his own, he just came up to me cause I told him we needed, you know, to do a new, uh, sensor insertion cause it was, you know, seven days were up. And, uh, he said, Hey dad, let's try it today without the numbing cream. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. And so we did it and, uh, you know, he flinched a little bit, but he, you know, had gotten more accustomed to the idea and he was more used to it. And so psychologically ready, um, although, you know, then I, I jinxed myself cause we did a new one last night and it, uh, it, you know, hurt more than usual. I guess, I don't know, maybe I hit a nerve or something, uh, you know, literally. This Dexcom ad is brought to you by my confidence in Dexcom. I put it right here in the middle of a moment where Kevin's talking about Dexcom and saying, oh, I hit a nerve with my son and he flinched. That might make you think, oh, I shouldn't do that. No, meaningless. The good that comes from Dexcom is so immense that a tiny bit of an uncomfortable moment, a moment in a full week, it's meaningless. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I know people do though, so I bring it up. Some people say, oh, I don't wanna be attached to things or I heard it hurts and it doesn't hurt. Point is, you listen to this podcast you understand what I'm talking about. You have to understand that most of the way I manage this is the, it's the, the information that comes back from Dexcom. I don't know how many low blood sugars Dexcom stopped. I don't know how many spikes Dexcom has stopped. Countless, 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 countless. The information that comes back teaches me more every day about how to manage type one diabetes. The share feature is immense. My daughter is at school right now, blood sugar 105, nice and steady. I know that because her Dexcom G5 shares information through the cloud that I can see on my phone. That's available for Android or Apple. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot do better than a Dexcom G5 continuous glucose monitor until the G6 comes out. But for now, G5, it's the bee's knees, my friends. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box with a link in your show notes. Of course, way outside of um, medical advice, have you considered restarting the sensor at the end of the seven days? We have. Uh, and so we used to only do, um, and this is where if any of the Dexcom folks are listening, right? They're going, oh, that's not FDA approved. No, and so I'll acknowledge that right now. But um, you know, we had done just the abdomen and, um, we were getting a lot of, um, failed sensors are getting a lot of triple question marks after a few days. Uh, and in large part, I think, cause just my son's a real skinny guy. Um, you know, he lost, he lost some weight, um, around diagnosis. Um, you know, even though we caught it pretty early and it's just, he's not gained a lot of body fat. And so, um, we ended up trying his arms and that has worked really well. We're getting fabulous readings, uh, from there. Uh, once the sensors had a chance to, you know, get yeah. out of first 24 hours. I honestly don't know where the FDA says to put them, but Arden only wears hers in her hips. So yeah. she's never put them anywhere else. Um, it, it's, you know, it too, and you should see some weight gain when you're, sorry about that. There, there's a... I know that noise. Yeah, yeah. 
She's eating. She's not eating fast enough. <laughs> so, um, I, you, you can. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, on your hips. I'm now going back through my own thoughts. Sorry about that. Um, what was I gonna say about the about the sensors and? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to come back to it. I completely lost my train. The 20, first 24 hours. Um, no, it's gone. It's okay. gone, Kevin. I'm close <laughs> to forgetting your name in this moment. <laughs> My brain completely reset. Um, I, I <laughs> don't, it's never really happened to me before. I, it, this is the cost of type one, right? Yeah. Oh, please. I was uh, Arden played softball all weekend, and it wasn't just softball. It was tournaments that were an hour from the house. Game started at eight. Had to be there at seven to warm up. I was getting up at five in the morning, um, mm. and you know, rousing her out of bed, which looks like a looks like a crime when it happens you know because you're just like you have to get up you have to get up she's like i don't want to and you're like no no i'm like get up get up she's like okay and then you know you get out of the house and you race down the highway and you get to this thing and she plays three in a row and the first day it wasn't too bad actually the first day in the afternoon her blood sugar sat at like 85 through all the games wow and then i was just like oh this is going great but it's gonna go sideways on me at some point like i really know it's going to but she gets in the car and she was hungry and I, you know, listen, if anybody doesn't believe it, I took my own advice. Like, you know, she ate food and I bolused for it. I didn't give her all of it because I knew she was going to get low. I gave her some and some was still way too much. So mm. we got home and she got low and we had to address it and it was fine, you know. Um, right. Uh, but, but then overnight she was okay. I did some basal adjustments that kept overnight okay. And then the next day, like right back to it again, like five o'clock in the morning, get up. She and I are down there. They play this real early game that ends at 9.30, and then we end up at a convenience store where she buys this big sandwich, and oh God, what does she have? Sandwich, cut up fruit, chips, and something else, and then she's, you know, I gave her insulin for it, and she starts eating, and then she gets about halfway to the sandwich. She goes, this isn't very good, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, so I, I cut her basil off trying to catch up, and by the time... It looked good, and then going into warming up for the next game, I was like, oh, this is not going to work out. Yeah. So she ate a banana uh, real quickly before the game started. I actually ended up shutting her basil off a little longer. And um, actually, that game she played, that one was a little more on the cusp. She played at 75 for a little while, and then she drifted up over 80. Um, and then when she was eating in the car, I learned my lesson, and I didn't give her as much insulin driving home because they lost that last game. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was just, you know, it, it was, it's a, it's always a learning curve. But then I really used what I, what I saw the night before to avoid any lows last night. We didn't have any lows overnight last night. So I slept really well overnight last Good. night. Good. Yeah. Which was why I'm upset that I lost my train of thought because I, <laughs> I actually woke up this morning yeah. and the first thing I said was, I feel really rested. Like it was almost at a point where around 5 a.m. I opened my eyes from it. I don't have to get up till seven during the week mm -hmm. and around five and I was like, huh, I could get up now and be okay with this. And I was like, but I wonder if I could go back to sleep and get two more hours, <laughs> try to bank them for tomorrow if I can, uh, which I don't think is how sleep works. But but nevertheless, <laughs> um, okay, so you guys are, you're just, you've made the conscious decision to inject more frequently. Yeah. And, and, and so you are, you are still sort of acting like an insulin pump would on a rudimentary level, you know, in as much as that you're, you know, because a lot of what a lot of people say is, well, when I get a pump, 
then it's not such a big deal to bolus for a small snack or I could throw mm-hmm. five carbs or something in my mouth and give myself a tiny little bit of insulin or right. up my basal. So you, you don't have to control your basal rates, obviously. Yeah. But but you are have just made the conscious decision to inject more. How many times a day do you feel like you're injecting? I'd say probably at least five. But you know, some days maybe it's as upwards as ten, and and many of those are going to be small doses. You know, right. half little unit, bumps. a unit, unit and a half. Yeah, exactly, just little bumps. Um, and really, it's it's about knowing. Okay, maybe a half unit or a unit is going to be too much for him right now. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of stacking that's going on with the insulin. So as long as I make sure that I've got fast-acting carbs nearby and I know what he's about to do activity-wise, we can really leverage that, you know, and get us into the numbers that we want and keep him within our, our wider range that we're aiming for right now in MDI. Um, you know, I suspect whenever he does get a pump, we'll go, you know, really tight, you know, 80 to, to 120, as I've heard some people do. But, you know, right now I'm trying to keep him uh, between 70 and 200. Okay. Okay, and so you don't when you bump, you bump over two hundred. Um, I'll I really let the curve do the talking. So if he is rising quickly, um, you know, then I might throw an extra unit at it because maybe I just guessed the wrong number of carbs right. for the meal. Right. And and when I say guessed, I mean I have a, a food blog where I have calculated down to the exact carb every single one of our family's favorite recipes. And it doesn't but matter sometimes still, right? It's, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter, right? It's uh, it just, you know, maybe we got the pre-bolus off by a few minutes, or uh, maybe he's just got human growth hormone going on, or maybe he's coming down with this little cold or something, you know? You can never tell what the day's going to throw at you, um, or all the other variables that you can't see. So for me, it's just, okay, do we have the right trend line going on? And if it's not the right trend line, what action can I take to get the trend line back into some some sort of way that I want? Um, and so if he's starting to go up, I'll you know we look at well can we have him go play outside mm-hmm. um, or run around at all? Uh, we've got a small trampoline in the house, you know, just a, a real uh, you know little one for indoors. Yeah. And for whatever reason, for him, tram- jumping on a trampoline will drop his blood sugar faster than any other activity we have found. Um, when he goes to some of these trampoline places for birthday parties, you know, I bring like four or five juice boxes and I'm just, you know, before, even though his number, his numbers are flat before he gets on, I'm like, just drink this juice box. Cause we need to get ahead of this. And sure enough, he'll come back 20 minutes later for, you know, Smarties or Jolly Rancher or something. Cause he's already dropping, mm-hmm. um, even with the juice box on board. So now that sounds about right. It really, yeah. it, all the, <laughs> it, it, it really does. And you're, you're handling it correctly too, because you, You've reverse engineered the the insulin idea for the carbs, right? Like, yeah. Because if some for people listening, hear what Kevin just said. You have to time the insulin correctly and pre-bolus correctly, so that when the food starts affecting your blood sugar, the insulin's in there having the fight. And on the flip side, you have to, sometimes you have to time the carbs correctly, so that when activity or something like that is causing a drop, you can also get that fight happening at the same time so you don't drop mm-hmm. and then come back up but maybe as the activity is trying to pull you down the carbs are trying to pull you up and maybe that's how you stay stable yeah. um it's the same idea just moving the you know moving the ingredients around a little bit exactly um, and that's that's a huge credit to you because because you haven't been at it that long with the dexcom it sounds like three endo appointments and one more coming and, yeah. and you figured all of that out that quickly that's to be commended. That's, that's really fantastic. Now imagine had someone told you that four years ago, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, what do you yeah. think? Now you're, you're a really clear headed guy and you're really good at, at, at describing your thoughts. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. 
Second, you know, first endo appointment after after you're diagnosed. It's three mm-hmm. months in, maybe you're there for the first yeah. time. Someone would have laid this out for you. Do you think you could have accepted it back then? I don't think you. I think this is something you have to get to iteratively. Um, and and I don't mean that you can't that you everybody has to go figure it out for themselves. But I think it's again back to that fire hose of, of you know in the hospital initially. If somebody just blasts all this information at you, it's really hard to do. And I, so I think it's, it's taking it one step at a time, right? So step one is, um, get your Dexcom, right? Figure out how to insert it, make sure that you understand how to get good calibrations. And I think that has been actually figuring out how to calibrate the Dexcom has been, I think one of the biggest secrets to our success, which is, you know, only calibrate when it's level, make sure that you don't have, you know, that you didn't just have a lot of physical activity that's going to be dropping your blood sugar. Make sure there's not, you didn't just eat something that's going to make the blood sugar spike. Um, you know, I think, you know, sticking with the driving analogy, I always think of it, um, because, you know, for folks who don't know, Dexcom and, and all CGMs measure the glucose in your interstitial fluid, not your blood, right. which is what the glucometer does. And there's like a 15, 20 minute delay, depends on the person and the time of day and all that other stuff. Uh, in terms of of when it's catching up. And so I liken it to, if you're looking at the traffic on a highway, right, uh, it is, you're the cars you're seeing there left their houses 15 or 20 minutes ago, right? Yeah. And so if you want to control the flow of traffic, you could tell every, you know, you could tell all that, all those carbs to stay home and not get on the highway uh, of the bloodstream, but it's going to take 15 minutes, for that to to happen, and so if you um, or if you see lows coming, right, and you give uh, a lot of you know you give the 15 fast acting carbs, right, which is the the standard line, the reason you have to wait 15 minutes to check is because it's going to take the body that much time to get it moving in there, and so um, making sure that you're calibrating your Dexcom at the right time when you don't think there's a change that's about to happen has given us the best numbers. And that has given us the confidence to be able to be a bit more aggressive with MDI because we, we can trust the data more. You feel like the data coming back is, is something that you're not, it's not such a coin flip then. You, like, exactly. You wonder if this is how correct this is and I'm going to start pumping in more insulin and am I right and, and all of that stuff. And right. You could even hear when I did Arden's, um, when I did Arden's insulin for her for lunch, I hedged my bets too because I couldn't see her blood sugar for 20 minutes or so. So I was going off of what it was. Now, when it finally came back, which we never talked about was I was off. It wasn't 90, it was 70. And Mm. so she hit 70. Now by this point, her blood, her meal is done. She's eaten. And the eight units I gave her are all in probably only half of them are pretty active right now. Some of them are still probably just kind of coming online or starting to work or anything like that. She went all the way down to 60 and she's level at 60 right now. And I know that in the next two or I would say one or two readings of the Dexcom, I'm going to see a diagonal up arrow and I'm, I'm assuming she'll be more like 75 or 80 by the time you and I are finished talking. Mm-hmm. And you know, some listen, a lot of people might hear that and be like, that's insane. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and trust me, I would have felt like that at, at a number of points, but to your point earlier about just, you know, time and the, you know, just experience over and over again, I am, 
I am a person who's completely and you know concerned with my daughter's safety, as I'm sure everyone else Absolutely. is. And I've seen this enough times now to know that this is going to go the way I expect it to. Right. And and if it shouldn't, if it should be that one time, or that you know, because there's going to be three times this year that I make a mistake or it doesn't happen the way I expect it to, or whatever else, and it's going right. to need some intervention. At least there's time for the intervention still. Like you know, after yeah. her softball game on Saturday, she was really low. And, and at the same time, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. If I told you that, 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 you know, her blood sugar was, it was crashing down, falling like under 40 and I was out picking up dinner and my wife texted me and she's like, Hey, she's really low. I gave her a juice. And I was like, and she goes, and I just shut her basil off too. And I was like, okay. And, and, you know, I said, just test again in a few minutes, test it again. And she's like, she's still really low. I gave her another juice. And I'm like, okay, now, Kevin, that's not something that happens around here hardly ever. Right. <laughs> but, but I came back in the house with Chinese food, and her blood sugar was, we tested it again. It was like, it was 70 because it was coming back up. There was plenty. Yeah. Now there's a lot of juice on board. I bolused Chinese food, one of the juice boxes, doubled her basil rate, and I went right back into it again. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't skip a beat and we did not get high from the Chinese food after that. That's fabulous. You you know, but that again, it's just, it's having done it over and over and over and over again. Like I, I know the fear like, Oh my God, my, her blood sugar was just 40. Right. And it was probably going to get a lot lower. And, but here's this food. I know what this food's going to do. And if I let my fear take over right now, her blood sugar is going to be 400 before I blink. Mm -hmm. And I can't let that happen. So, exactly. so I just have to trust the food's going to do what the food's going to do. The insulin's going to do what the insulin's going to do. I took some experience I have knowing that she came off of a lot of uh, activity and I, I kind of tempered things a little bit for that. And I was much more careful afterwards, you know, and as soon as her blood sugar leveled out where I wanted it while she was eating, I, st- I shut off her temp basil and, you know, and I just did all of the, I just kept doing all those little things that if I put myself back in my, in my head space from, you know, seven years ago, everything this me now is saying sounds insane, <laughs> you know? And, and I, sometimes I just tell it over and over again because I want people to know that there's going to be a day. It just doesn't seem that insane anymore. Yeah. You, you know, and, and you said something earlier that I, I wanted to comment on for a second. I hope you don't mind. No, please. Talked about how it, um, you know, this understanding that you get just comes slowly. And yeah. it, it really made me think about the podcast a little bit. Like, why is the pod, like, why am I hearing from people who are like, I was completely lost. And six months later, I wasn't because that's <laughs> a fast turnaround. Right. Yeah. And, and it, of course it's how, you know, if they're binging the podcast, it's how much quicker they get into it. But I think that there's possible that if you just went, I'm going to make up a number out of nowhere. I don't even know what episode 15 is, but if you go listen to that one, yeah. You're not going to get this magical understanding of diabetes, but yeah. there is something about listening to the conversation build. Like there's, yeah. you know, I didn't sit down. I'm not NPR. I didn't sit down and, you know, hammer out what my first 50 episodes path was going to be. Like you, you, But if you sit and listen to the conversations, I begin to tell the story better. I begin to ask better questions that get other people to tell their story better. And when you listen through, I think it's the process of listening through it that gets you to that spot. And, that, and I, I just didn't expect that when I did that, when I started the podcast, you understand? 
Yeah. And, and for me, it's been as I've listened to, you know, more episodes and, and thank you for doing this. Um, if I haven't said it already, oh, no, you know, has been hearing, you know, week after week, different people tell their stories about how they're managing it and how they're not settling for, you know, an A1C of nine. Um, right. And, and what can you do to get down to the eight, get it to the seven, get it to the six, get it to the five, right. Whatever, wherever you are, right. What can you do to get one, you know, a, a half A1C better or a full A1C better. Um, and I think that has been, uh, and part of, you know, what I wanted felt compelled to share, right. Is that, you know, and I'm, I'm in awe of Arden's A1C and, and, you know, full credit, you know, to you on that. But, you know, if you're not at the, and, and you've said it before, right? If you're not at the six yet, that's okay, right? Oh, Take sure. wherever you're at and, and try and just get a little bit better, right? Before your next end There's appointment. There's no way to leap forward. You can't, right? yeah. And you what I'm starting it. to believe is that certain people, certain people and how their brain works and how they understand things can fast forward by listening. Like, because I'm getting enough feedback from people that says that, says that to me, that like, you know, I power listened through and it made sense. I had to go back sometimes and and... And what I mean by a fast forward is it took me two years of my daughter's initial diagnosis to come to the point where I could like comfortably get her in the eights and yeah. think and think that I was like in some odd control of that, you, you, you know, and but then the the new things that came online that we talk about, you know, in the podcast, and they're, they're not even worth coming up with examples, but like the things that we figured out pre bolsing timings as important as the insulin, not being afraid of the insulin, yeah. all these other things that I could sit here and just list over and over again. They came to me so slowly over time. But apparently when someone's telling you about it, if you can accept it and process it correctly, you can that's your fast forward. Like you know what I mean? Like that's you don't yeah. need these years to because look at you're a great example. It took you four years just to say Wow, I don't think this is what we should be accepting. Let me look into how yeah. how to manage that better. And that there, I don't think there's anything wrong with what happened to you. I don't think you made a mistake or anything like that. You know, I just think that that's the yeah. that's the life you know path of this thing. You're not just sitting looking at your son's blood sugar all day. You've got a job and your yeah. house needs. I'm assuming you sweep the floor once in a while, yeah. and cut your lawn, <laughs> and like you know, and all these other things. And and so it takes this long to get to that idea. I just I'm thrilled that the that the thought that it it's possible to speed it up a little bit, you know, because yeah. then I, in my heart, then what I, what I feel like is that there's no little boy sitting on the floor in his living room with his blood sugar is 300 and it doesn't need to be, Exactly. you know, so. Exactly. And I, and I think that, you know, back to what I was saying, oh, like you can control the carbs, you can control the insulin and you control your attitude about it. And that I think what your podcast has done is help people see, oh, wait a second. The attitude is not a fixed thing either, right? It's not just 15 carbs, 15 minutes. Right. I can I can take a different approach to this. I can challenge maybe some of the more static thinking that has happened in, you know, out of uh, risk reduction, um, you know, that that many well-meaning endos provide, um, but that maybe hasn't quite caught up with where we're at technology wise. Right. Um, because the guidelines we were given when my son was diagnosed, uh, Night Scout didn't exist. Right. So they didn't they didn't give us the advice of, well, what can you do differently if you can just glance at your wrist and see your son's glucose? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that opens up a whole different world of actions that I'm able to take um, and interventions that I can provide for him. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, even too, we um, as part of a, a study we did um, through Children's, we got a Fitbit um, for my son and for the rest of the family. 
Uh, and my wife uh, wisely came up with the idea of uh, there's no screen time until you hit your 10,000 steps for the oh, day. Okay. And so that let us actually start to quantify the impact of physical activity and play on his blood sugar. Um, and we still, I mean, no, we don't hold to that every day, right? You know, Saturday mornings, mom and dad want to try and sleep in whatever we can. But, um, you know, it lets us see more around, you know, if he's going to go outside and play, how does that impact his blood sugar? And it forced us to really start, you know, thinking about that and, and using that as a tool um, in our tool bag. And it really, I think, um, at least in the MDI, right, it, at first you think, okay, all I have are um, insulin that I can give at mealtimes and fast-acting carbs if he goes low. And that is a very limited tool set. And so expanding that to have the CGM data, but also thinking around, okay, I can give small units of insulin because it's not dangerous, right? It's not high amounts if you're not stacking big, you know, big doses um, for whatever the person is. If you're not um, going at it with, high, you know, high numbers of carbs, um, you know, and that was, that was a thing, you know, I think that, you know, I learned on your podcast really is, you know, well, don't come at it with 15 carbs necessarily. Try five. And, and maybe that's good enough. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, for us, you know, um, you know, Jolly Ranchers are now his go-to um, to bring up a low because they're five carbs and um, it takes him, you know, five or 10 minutes to suck on it. So it actually, that's kind of a slow release five carbs at that. Um, and it, and it gets him back to where he needs to be most of the time. And we still got the juice boxes on hand if we need them and, um, you know, a soda in case we need to call the big gun direction or something, but exactly. Yeah. But bump and nudge, right? Like just, just a little bit ardent. Um, she bought bubble gum for the, for the softball this weekend and it had, it had sugar in it. I was like, that's great because then I can still stay aggressive with their stuff And she can chew the bubble gum, and it kind of offsets the drop that wants to happen. Yeah. And you know, just little things like that. You said it before. Like you can't fault the doctors. Fifteen, fifteen. No. You know, the fifteen rule is what it is because they're not with you in that moment. And and yeah. that rule is probably, if I'm guessing, derived from the idea that okay, look, how much would save a life in a bad situation? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Probably fifteen. And probably. so that yeah. seems fair. And then it gets said enough that it seems like law you know right. and then before you know what the school nurse says oh i've seen it on so many orders i know it's 15 they don't know anything right. about diabetes you know 50 <laughs> must be 15 it's on every one right. of the orders and then and it's easy to to dovetail back to what you talked about with your brother in the beginning to just sort of out of sight out of mind a little bit like you know like oh the, these papers say 15 i do 15 none of these kids have died here 15 the answer and exactly. you know right and and if 15 taken one kid to 90 because they were going to fall faster that looks amazing. And then while three other kids are going to 250 at that school, nobody ever thinks twice about it. And then right. you have doctor's orders that won't even let you adjust until you're, what would you say, 300? 300, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would make me mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it does you a bit, too. It, right? You there know? are days. There are days. So have you, ever, have you considered going to the nurse and saying, look, we're going to the doctor and saying, look, I want these orders to be changed? Um, we've looked at it. He's in kindergarten right now. And so we've just so been trying know. to, you know, look at, at, you know, trying to minimize things. And, and it's also the kind of thing too, you know, he's, I'm checking my watch right now. He's, he's two sixteen right now after lunch, he had lunch maybe an hour ago. Um, and he's, he's got two units on board and so that'll pull him down a little bit. But, you know, if he's got PE or something, he can lose a hundred units in 30 minutes, hundred uh, points. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Uh, in 30 minutes. Right. So it's, it's, again, it's, it's understanding like what's the buffer that I need given that he's remote 
from me and I'm not hovering on him. So I get le- much less aggressive with it when he it doesn't have a parent around. Has he felt right? differently, do you think? Have you ever, have you had the, like, I don't know how easy to yeah. have a conversation with a kid in kindergarten, but. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we've tried it. He says he feels fine. I think he's gotten adjusted to, to some of the highs, right? Which is, which is a bit of a danger. Um, but you know, the other day he hit 400 for the first time in, I don't know, maybe even a year. Mm-hmm. Um, or I like to think it's a year. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, more, more than that, if I go back through the CGM data, but you know, it's it 400 middle of the day, just, you know, we had, I don't know what happened. Just the, the lunch hit him the wrong way. We tried to, you know, put more insulin at it, but it just, it wasn't catching up fast enough. And, mm-hmm. and he was there and he just felt awful. You know, he was, he was hot, he was sweaty and, and he was just like, daddy, you know, something's wrong. I was like, you know, it's your blood sugar is just really high, buddy. You know, this is why, you know, we say no cotton candy, which he didn't have cotton candy, but it's like the one food he can't do yeah. um, because it's, it just, you know, it was too hard. And so we, we threw, you know, an extra three units at it and gave him water and, you know, eventually he came, you know, double arrowing down. But, you know, a big part of that was, you know, since I've got it on my wrist, mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, interrupt his play to have him come over and have me check his Dexcom. I don't have to pull my phone out of my pocket and unlock it and, you know, go check the share app. Um, as great as it is, I can just glance at my wrist, you know, every few minutes and I don't have to touch anything. I don't have to do anything. It's just a quick glance and I know where he's at. And so when I see he's uh, you know, part of what has made the MDI stuff work is is if I see if we've had to aggressively correct a high that he's gotten because that's just part of what you get when you don't have a pump um, and he's double arrowing down on a 190, I know for him, if I intercede with a quarter cup of Gatorade, I can I can land that plane at 100. Yeah. Right. He will cut. He will pull up out of that nosedive in the next 20 minutes and he will level out right where I want him to back in range. Very nice. And if he, and if he, you know, if I, if that's not enough, then I do another quarter cup Gatorade or, you know, half cup Gatorade, whatever it is, um, which is, we have found, you know, and part of this is like finding what are the right fast acting carbs for you or for your child, right. To respond to those situations. And so we know Jolly Ranchers and Smarties and Gatorade work really well for him. There are go-tos, um, but everybody's different. So yeah. uh, it, there's so many different things that you can use to, you know, and, and the different situations call for different things too. Like Arden yeah. last night at the, you know, to, uh, again, the end of a long weekend of softball and she comes home. We both after two, five AMs, we got home at one o'clock and I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm woozy. I want to lay down. So Arden and I both laid down on the sofa. We slept for like three hours, which it's not a big thing. You know, my wife kept Arden's blood sugar good while she was sleeping. And when we woke up, had something to eat and she did her homework and got a shower. And at nine o'clock, she's like, I'm really hungry. And our blood sugar wanted to be low, like it was giving me that. Mm-hmm. It was giving me that feeling, like it was it was gonna push down. And um, and I said, "What do you think you want?" And she thought for a minute. She said, "I'm gonna have a couple of chips with like some French onion dip." And I was like, "Okay." And she ate that, and her blood sugar just didn't move. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh? And then she said, "I want some cut up fruit," and said, "Okay." So I gave her cut up fruit, and that actually raised her up a little bit to, mm-hmm. the, to the point where I had to give her a little bit of insulin, and she was so good overnight. And then. Uh, she woke up great this morning and it, but you know, (laughs) a doctor's not going to tell you, you know what you need here is a nice combination of ruffles and cantaloupe, um, (laughs) with a little bit of French, because you know, the people who are listening who are like, Oh, I, I worry about the fats and the glycemic index. And I mean, that all stuff works. Mm -hmm. I just can't keep stuff like that in my head. So I just know, you know, traditionally what works for us here or what this is going to do or what that's going to do. When you get to that point. So much of this goes away 
it's just it's it's fabulous. Like even right now, you know, talking about Arden's Dexcom, you know, talking about Dexcom, sometimes it can be right on and right off. Um, it was it was twelve o'clock, so we were forty minutes past her. The twelve twelve ten, we were fifty minutes past the insulin you heard me give her at the beginning of the eight. And I know what she ate, and I know when she ate it, I know the whole timing of it. I'm like, man, why is her blood sugar not in the 80s? And I'm sitting here looking at a, a 60, a 55, and all of a sudden the 55 went to 42. And I'm like, God. And I texted her and I said, hey, mm-hmm. test your blood sugar. You know what it was when she tested? 82. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because, the, listen, the Dexcom's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just because it could be off a little bit once in a while, that's no reason to, I wouldn't oh, yeah. turn my nose up at that at all. What I'm telling you is that because of the Dexcom, I've seen lunch happen so many times that even when the technology tells me one thing, I'm like, that's not right. I, I'm more in tune with yeah. it than, than, I, than I even know sometimes. You, you know what I mean? And, like, and so yeah. that's, that's a great place. Like you get into that spot, I think, is amazing. I, I think you will, you will send me an email one day and say, hey, I figured out how to let my kid eat cotton candy. <laughs> like I, I, I really do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think that's just the you know, not only the, the day-to-day moment-to-moment safety and and education that the technology can provide to you, but at some point there's a you're learning in ways you don't even know. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't even I don't even get afraid of the two hour warm up period like I used to because I'm like, No, I can you know, if I test here and here, it'll be fine. Yeah. You, you know what exactly. I mean? So, and it's just, it's, it's the repetition. It's fantastic. It really is. Kevin, you were fantastic, by the way. Why do you sound so good? What kind of a headset do you have? Uh, I've got a blue microphone. Oh. oh, you're using the, like the snow, not the snowball, but the, uh, you have a good mic. I don't know. You yeah. sound fantastic. You recording any <laughs> audio over there? Or you just have a microphone. <laughs> well, I, I went ahead and stole the audio studio at work for this. So. <laughs> Look at you. Very nice. Worked out well. Good. <laughs> Just you'll take it back. I'm assuming. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I'm I'm at work in the audio. Oh, you're actually working at work. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for doing this, and I think that I mean to kind of recap. You know, everyone, I get a lot of notes. How do you do what you do with MDI? How do you do with MDI? And I went over it, and I thought the only thing I can think of is you have to inject more. And now yeah. we have a guy here who's doing a good job with MDI, and. You know, I think I pre- proved out a little bit what I'm saying is you, you have to inject more. You have to just be yeah. able to put in insulin at odd incremental times. And your son's good with it. He doesn't he doesn't mind shots. No, he doesn't. He doesn't mind. We just do them in the arm, whichever arm. We don't have the decks come in, cool. um, you know, and he's he's liked it. I think the one thing, though, you have to be careful with if you're doing this is um, to be really careful about insulin stacking. Um, we've had a couple instances and this is just part of the learning curve process where um, you know, we've, you know, we like, we go out to a restaurant, right. And they have an appetizer course and a main course and then a dessert course. And, and so with MDI, we're having to dose for each one. Mm-hmm. And I have found that, you know, cause normally he, I mean, he usually eats whatever's on his plate. He's, he's good about that. Um, which is, which is nice, but you know, he, if he packs his stomach full, his digestion seems to take longer it slows down, yeah. is what we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I dose him for that dessert, even though it's got a lot of extra carbs, if I do it at the time I would normally dose for something, it's going to drop him. Yeah. And we've had to use the glucagon before um, when that's happened. And so this last, you know, like two weeks ago, we went out to eat and he was having, a, you know, a, like a chocolate lava, you know, like cupcake thing. And, and I said, you know what, the last time we did this, he tanked and, and we got into a real dangerous low. I'm not, I'm going to wait. 
right. to give him this MDI shot for his dessert until I see he needs it on the Dexcom. Because mm-hmm. at that point he was about a hundred and he had had like five units on board and, you know, he already had had maybe, you know, 60 carbs or something. He was going to have another 30 carbs. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait this one out because I'm worried about the stacking effect. Yeah. And getting... sure enough, he leveled out at 90. Yeah. You're getting close, Kevin, to being able to close your eyes and see what the insulin's doing and what it yeah. hasn't done yet. And that's, I think that's a fan because that's where I would have, if I thought I needed the insulin for that, for the snack or, you know, the, the dessert at the end. I would have extended it so that I could have cheated. Yeah. I, so I could have cheated and bailed on it if I needed to, yeah. and 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 that's just that. I don't know that I could put into words, but I feel like there's a point you'll get to where you can say, okay, I know what the insulin's doing, and it hasn't finished yet. Where I know yeah. there's some in there that's not being counterbalanced by carbs, or right now I know I'm being pushed back harder from the carbs, but these carbs are going to stop at some point, and and it's like like Arden has um this year she's she doesn't eat sandwiches so this year Arden has taken a half of a bagel almost every day to school with her with some Mm. kind of like spread on it and I can tell I know when that the bagel is done being digested at this point because then I had to give her a certain amount of insulin up front so the bagel wouldn't spike her and then it holds steady but then once that bagel's gone out of her stomach it's not releasing you know sugar anymore yep I, I know she's gonna she could go the other way. And so I just recently I was certain most of the year that I needed nine units at this lunch to make this work. And we were always having to address at the end for a little bit of a low. And I finally just I cut back the insulin for the for the bolus to eight units. And now we're having like a much better um, great. another a much better situation at the end but but I was forced to figure it out because she joined the softball team at school and she had to leave right from school to go play softball and so I was putting a bolus in at 11:20 and at 1:30 2 hours in sometimes we were having to cut her basil off for an hour so it was enough insulin to hold the food at bay but then when it became too much and she didn't need any more and there's just all that weird stuff is it's so great. Like, I'm going to ask you one thing yeah. before I let you go. We're, sure. we're over an hour and I, and I held you up long enough. But, but you mentioned once that you do want to get a pump. And yep. so what stops you at the moment? I want him to get a pump at some point when he's ready for it. Um, he has had a great attitude about type 1 right. so far. And I have been, we've been trying to, you know, recognize that it, it is his body, right? And yeah. it's, it's his disease. And yes, we're his parents and we're managing it. We're responsible for his health and, you know, completely, you know, you know, take that seriously. Um, but I also don't want to scare him off mm-hmm. from the tech too soon. And so his, you know, his uncle has a pump and so he's been able to see it up close and, and we've talked about it. He's, he, and he said, you know, look, I, I like the arm shots still, um, which is what we call it. That, right. That's what we call a schema log. Um, cause that's where he gets it. And he's, you know, I don't mind that. I, I, I don't want to have another, device on me right now and I go well you know look I respect that and if we're able to you know from there I, I said okay well can I what can we do with with MDI can we get him down into the kind of level he has and so it's put the challenge more on myself for a period of time to say okay if he doesn't want to pump yet how do I figure this out how, how can I figure this out yeah. and so so far his endo is saying look you know you're below a 7a1c you're great I don't need to fix this I'm in no rush to get you on a pump his new his new endo is saying mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know, we've got it, you know, we've got all the pump tech and, 
and everything here. So whenever you guys are ready, you know, we'll get you set up. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, before puberty hits, <laughs> I'll do that so I can ride out the teenage years, uh, you know, with a little more sanity, but, you know, for right now, you know, he's, he's able to, you know, just go and, and run around and play and not have to worry, you know, too much about the devices. And, and, um, you know, part of it was, you know, we figured let's start with Dexcom and get used to carrying around that expensive medical device on a young boy. Right. Um, and then go from there. So, yeah, I think, I think you'll see in the, in the nearer future that, I think there's going to be a big shift in 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 the technology again. I mean, I, yeah. everyone's working on an, an algorithm for their artificial exactly. pancreas, and that's going to be that's you're going to see a shift again at that point because yeah, so many of the things you're talking about right now as being speed bumps or impediments along the way, most of them lessen pretty greatly. Yeah, and part of it is I've as I've learned more, seeing that the artificial pancreases and the various projects are just seemingly around the corner, you know, it's kind of like, well, let's just wait and get the really good artificial pancreas pump <laughs> whenever it comes out. <laughs> so, you know, if it, if it really is only 18 months to market still, um, you know, let's wait another 18 months. Yeah, if so. you're that close, you really are very yeah. close. Um, yeah, listen, I could, listen, I could argue in the other direction if you wanted me to. Oh, no, sure. I don't think you're, I don't think you're making a mistake at all. I think you're doing a great job. So um, I appreciate you coming on and doing this and, and giving your time like you did and, and, and talking about your son and and what you guys are doing with MDI, because I know there's a lot of people, like you said, who are in this situation, either because they want to be, because they can't afford to be, you know, not be, or be their insurance is yeah. paying the or whatever it is. It is what it is. So thank you very, very much, Kevin. I really yeah, thank you. It. Huge thank you to Kevin for coming on the show. Also, thank you Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. If you don't know which one the forward slash is, Go in the show notes, click on the link, it'll take you right to it. I haven't said this in a while, there are Bold with Insulin t-shirts on sale at juiceboxpodcast.com. You can follow me on social media at juiceboxpodcast or at Arden's Day. Basically, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter would be the places to look and say hello. Also, the podcast grows when you share it with people who can use it. Please continue to do that. I know how much you guys do it. I appreciate it. Don't stop. Don't stop.